If you have your Bible, look with me to the gospel according to John. We're in chapter number 20. And we're going to begin with verse number 19. The story that Jay just shared with us. Those young, those men from Emmaus make their way back to Jerusalem. They find where the disciples are gathered behind locked doors. And they shared with them that they had seen the Lord. And they were rejoicing because they believed that the Lord was alive. And listen what happens. And it says, when therefore it was evening on the first day, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and side, and the disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus therefore said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said these things, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, today, I pray that we would understand how Jesus, our Savior, has indeed conquered death and gives us hope that is beyond measure, hope that sustains us, and hope that is rooted in the fact of your conquering death and resurrection. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Do you ever find yourself fearful, fretful, anxious, afraid? It's a common emotion in the condition of humankind, of mankind. And you know, fear is one of the greatest enemies to all of us. Fear, let me just recall, remember with me, fear is a result of our sin. That's the root of fear. Because we've all sinned, there's this fearfulness that's in all of us. There was no fear in the first man and the first woman before the fall. But after their sin, great fear took a hold of them. And Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Their sinful disobedience, their willingness to disobey God, resulted in separation in their life, shame, guilt, distrust, and fear. Ultimately, sin brings death into our life. And in all the human condition, there's this fear of this enemy of death. And Jesus came to conquer that fear. You remember the story in the garden that God had created the man and the woman and they were naked and they were not ashamed. And remember how the tempter came to the woman and he said to her, has God said you may not eat of any trees in the garden? She said, we may eat of all of the trees of the garden except for the one in the midst of the garden and we are not to eat it or touch it lest we die. And the, the liar, he's such a liar and a trickster and a deceiver. And the serpent said, you will not die. God knows the day that you eat it that you'll be like him, knowing good from evil. God's holding out on you. And so she looked at the fruit and it looked delightful. And it was desirable for her 
to, she wanted to be like God and she disobeyed God and she took and ate the fruit, gave it to her husband who was with her also, and he ate and immediately they were naked, they were ashamed. Not only were they ashamed, but they hid themselves. Not only that, they covered loincloths made out of fig leaves. There was separation between them. Intimacy was lost. Shame was shrouding them, but fear of God and one another. God walks in the cool of the day. You know the story. And he says, Adam, where are you? Adam was hiding in the bushes. And he said, I'm over here hiding. I was afraid. Adam, have you eaten? He said, well, God, you know that woman you gave me? (laughs) Immediately, he's throwing her under the bus. She ate it and gave it to me, and I ate. And he says to the woman, what have you done? And she said, well, you know that serpent you created? And she begins to try to shift the blame herself. Death was coming to them, and fear now shrouded them. That is the condition of all of our hearts. There's fearfulness in us because of sin and death. And we're afraid of all kinds of things. We're afraid of God. Why? Because he's holy and we're not holy. We fear fellow man because you can't trust each other. Because we're all sinful and all selfish and all have our own desires. We throw each other under the bus all the time. We're fearful of separation, of loneliness, of abandonment. We become afraid of death and what we don't know. And there are consequences to our fear. When we're fearful like that, here are some of the consequences. Number one, we try to hide ourselves. And we try to hide ourselves, first of all, we hide ourselves from others. And that's been the first man and the first woman and it still continues today. We really hide ourselves, and that's why, because of fear, now listen close, we like to project an image of what we want others to think about us. We build a facade about who we are, but it's not really who we are, because we're fearful. If they know who I really am, they may not like me. They may judge me. We also hide ourselves from ourselves. We deceive ourselves. We like to project in our own mind who we are. Hmm. But we know down deep. And there's a fear in us because we all feel like imposters and frauds at some level. There's also fear of God himself. Hmm. We hide ourselves from God. We don't really open. It is so dumb, isn't it? That's what we do. We're like Adam over in the bushes hiding from God. God sees right through the bushes, right through the fig leaves, right to who we are. He knows our condition. He's God. He knows all about us. The other thing that we do, and it's sort of the compensation for this fear, is we want to control We want to control circumstances. We want to control people. We want to control others. We want to be in control. And that is based in our fear. Mm. And it causes all kinds of relational issues because of these control issues that's buried in our fear. 
But today, the greatest news in all the world, we don't have to live in fear because Jesus Christ conquered the grave. And he conquered fear. Isn't that good news? And he's conquered death. And he's conquered the works of the devil. And he's conquered our sin by righteously taking the punishment that we deserve and dying for us. And he has satisfied a holy God so that we might have a right standing before him. Isn't that the greatest news in all the world? That takes us to our story. It was the first day after, it was the first day of the resurrection, Sunday evening. And the disciples are gathered together, 10 of them, on the first day. And they probably gathered at Mary's house. And that is John Mark's mother. And uh, they're behind locked and sealed doors because of fear. And they knew that the Jews had a murderous agenda and that they had just killed, using the Romans, they had just killed their master and the king and their, 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 their Messiah, their, their teacher. And they just killed him. And surely now they try to eradicate, eradicate us. Rumors and the, the rumor mill was going and fear was in their hearts and they're hiding behind closed doors. But there, while they're hiding, these 10 apostles and several others and some of the women, all of a sudden, Jesus is right in the room. Comes right through the door. It's a mystery, a miracle. And he's in their presence. And this is the word that he speaks. Shalom. Peace to you. And he asks him a question. Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your heart? This is from Luke's gospel. The same account. And he said, look, don't, my peace I'm giving to you. Now look at me. Look at my hands. Do you see that? Do you see the imprints where the nails were? Look at my side. Do you see? Do you see me? Touch me. Go ahead, touch me. I'm flesh and bone. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a vision. I'm a real person. It's a real body. It's me. And I'm risen from the dead. He said, you got anything to eat? They said, well, we got some Long John Silvers here. And so he takes some fish, right? And he eats the fish. And as he eats the fish, that broiled fish, he said, ghosts don't eat, right? I am alive. It is so, with many convincing proofs over the next 40 days, he's proving I am alive. Why? Because the knowledge of that fact displaces, dispels fear, and fills us with faith in what God wants us to do. He said, my peace I give to you. He says, and as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. I'm sending you, and you must be confident in this mission I'm sending to you. Now listen, not only do you need to be confident, but listen, I want to give you the power. And he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And now you go and proclaim the good news, and you preach the gospel. The forgiveness will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. Not only that, he opened their mind that they begin to understand the scripture. And he begins to teach them. 
that they understand the scripture, that the Son of Man must suffer, as it was written in the Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. Again and again, in these first hours after Jesus' resurrection, he keeps telling them, what happened with me was a part of God's divine plan. And they begin to greatly rejoice and celebrate in that room together. Why? Because fear was being removed. Listen, my friends, listen. When you're filled with fear and you're always controlling and you're always hiding and you're never really able to be yourself, you can never really intimately worship God. But when that's dispelled, when that's displaced and faith is born, joy and celebration and real praise can take place in our life. Isn't that great? I want to talk about four fears that are killed, that were destroyed by Jesus on that day. Number one, as we think about it, the fear of death. We no longer have to fear that anymore. It's almost like Jesus was saying, hey boys, hey folks, hey guys, listen, listen to me. You know that death thing? You know that? You don't have to worry about that anymore. I took care of it. I rose again from the dead. You don't have to fear death anymore. That's exactly right. Because Satan has been defeated. Death is defeated. Sin is atoned for. And death is destroyed by love and by life. Listen, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Wow, isn't that awesome? Jesus conquered death and Satan's devices. Here is a sweet passage. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 7. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah says on this mountain, the mountain of God. He will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. That's fear. And he'll swallow up death forever. Wow. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and he'll remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. And in that day, they will say, surely this is our God. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Amen. Death is defeated. Death is dead. In my library, I have a book that was written in the 1600s by a Puritan preacher and theologian by the name of John Owen. And the title of the, of the book, I love it, The Death of Death in the Death of Christ. Jesus has victoriously won our victory in his death and resurrection Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as a though dead. And he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I, I have the keys of death and Hades. Folks, the grave's not the end. Jesus conquered it. He has the keys. He has authority of life. And we don't have to fear death anymore. Death is swallowed up in victory, Paul said. Oh, death, where is your sting? 
Oh, grave, where is your victory? Death is dead. The sting is gone. Heard a story about a man who's in the pickup truck with his granddaughter. And there was a bee got in the car, in the truck. She was swirling around the cab of the truck, and she was scared to death of bugs and bees. And that bee lighted on her hair, and he, the grandfather shooed it away, and, and, and she said, Grandpa, she said, it's going to sting me. She was scared to death, just filled with fear. And the little bee flew up against the windshield of the truck, and Father, grandfather, took his hand and he scooted it over to the edge of the cab. And then when he got it up in the corner, he reached his hand up and he grabbed the bee and put it in his hand. He held it there for a while and they let it go. She said, Papa, Papa, he's going to sting me. He said, oh no, that bee can't hurt you anymore. I took care of that. He took the sting in himself. Our Savior took the sting of death. He died our death, and he rose again, that we could have everlasting life. Praise his name. Amen? The fear of death is destroyed. Second thing that's destroyed, the fear of enemies. We don't have to be afraid of our enemies anymore. That's the Jews were high, were, they were scared to death, this, these Jewish Christians, because of the Jews and the Romans and what would happen to them. But Psalm 118, verse 6 says, The Lord is at my side. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Psalm 56, verse 11 says, In God I trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13, 6 says, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do? do to me. Hmm. Listen, you don't have to fear. Man might kill your body, but they can't destroy your spirit. You're with the Lord. He's conquered all of your enemies. You don't have to worry about those enemies anymore. You know, Lazarus, I, I love the story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Remember how Lazarus fell uh, sick and then died? And when Jesus arrived, he had already been in the grave for four days. Mary and Martha came out to him and were talking to him. He said, show me the place where he's at. And they brought him to the place. Jesus wept. And he says, remove the stone. You remember the story. And remember how they said, Lord, he's been in the grave four days. But now he already stinks. He said, remove the stone. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came out of the grave. Jesus said, I am the resurrection of life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, yet shall he live. Huh. Isn't that awesome? But you know what? Lazarus began to eat and fellowship. People from all over came to see Lazarus and hear his testimony. And Lazarus was telling anyone, yeah, I was four. I was dead four days in the grave. And Jesus called me. And I heard his voice. And I came back alive again. And I'm sure he was talking about what it was like to be dead for those four days. And people were believing not only Jesus' words, but because of the testimony of Lazarus. And the Jewish leaders, they wanted him killed. And they... Lazarus became their enemy. They plotted how to kill him. Can you imagine how that conversation? Lazarus, you need to shut up giving testimony about Jesus or we're going to kill you. Ah, bring it on. Already been there, done that. God took care of me. 
Amen? That, he, our enemy, whatever the greatest enemy, your enemies are defeated. This shows itself in the early disciples. When they're filled with the Spirit and on mission doing what Jesus called them to do, did they cower in fear? Peter and John says, you know what? We must obey God rather than men. They killed James. James, when they killed James and cut off his head, let me tell you what, that was a Seemed like a terrible day for James, but it was James' greatest hour. Because to be absent for the bodies, to be present with the Lord. When Stephen was persecuted and they're stoning him to death, and they're pitching those rocks at him, Stephen doesn't cower and fill, he preaches. And then whenever he's preaching about the resurrection and the lordship of Jesus Christ, and they're throwing the stones and covering their ears, and, as, and Stephen sees a vision of the resurrected Christ standing at the right hand of the Father. Let me tell you what, Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father, but in that moment, as Stephen lays down his life, he stands to welcome his son on home. I'm telling you, you don't have to fear any enemy because if God's for us, who can be against us? Amen? He is with us. That's the greatest news, and I know in all the world. Paul, at the end of his life, writes to son Timothy. He says, I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering as a sacrifice to God. He said, the time of my departure has come. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the faith. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. But not only to me, but all those who loved his appearing. Listen, my friends, listen. You don't have any enemies when you have the Lord because he has defeated our enemies. Amen? Whatever the worst thing they can do to you, that's the best day of your life because you're going to be with the Lord. Our enemies have been defanged. They have no power over us anymore. Amen. But the other thing that's defeated is this sense of lost, mm, lost control. It's like we th- we, we're fearful because we feel like the world's out of control. Hmm. Can I listen to, listen to me? One of, the Jesus, one of the things Jesus helps these disciples understand, that we don't live in a world of just randomness and chance. And it's not like Jesus had a bad, Jesus just had a really had bad luck. No, Jesus didn't have bad luck. Jesus was accomplishing a plan and a purpose. And your life has plan and purpose Listen to what Jesus said in the same passage that's found in Luke 24, verse 44. Now, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things written about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. He opened their eyes to understand the scriptures. He says, thus it's written that Christ should, must suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. God was carrying out a plan. Now listen, listen to me. God's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. And one of the things the resurrection helps us to know is that God has a plan for us, that he is sovereign over all. 
Some of us are scared to death about a coronavirus. I get it. Corona, well, how did they get that name? It's because when you look under a microscope at it, it looks like it has a crown. Hmm. And you know who wears crowns? Kings. And why it looked like a crown, listen, it doesn't wear the crown of sovereignty. That's God himself. He rules. He reigns. We don't have to fear. Amen? I had the coronavirus, as you know, and I'm recovering. Praise his holy name. Did I go out looking to get it? No. Did I want it? No. Did I get it? Yes. Who allowed me to get it? God. Did God use it? Yes. I had to depend on him. I had to pray to him. I had to seek him. I asked him what it's all about. But one of the things is, God just said to me, Tim, don't waste it. If, he could, if I let you have it, use it. And I was able to use a testimony so that thousands could hear about the gospel. So God let me have something so I could use it for his glory. We've got some enemies, yes, but we have a victor, and that's Jesus Christ, and we can trust him. Amen? There's also the fear of abandonment. And not just we worry about randomness and chance. That makes us filled with fear. That's not true. We have a sovereign God who controls. But we fear abandonment. And the disciples were alone. They feel like their master had abandoned them. feel like maybe God had abandoned them. And he comes to them and he says, Shalom, peace I give to you. In John 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not like the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In John 14, 16, he says, I'm going to ask the Father who will give you another helper, comforter an advocate, that he'll be with you forever. He breathes on them in the upper room and says, receive the Holy Spirit. You're never alone because the Spirit of God is coming to dwell inside of you. Amen. You're not alone. I'm not alone. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Like Psalm 22, 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Isn't that glorious? He's with us, and he's coming for us. This is another part of the story that I didn't read this morning. One of the disciples, the apostles, was not in the upper room that Sunday night. You remember which one it was? Thomas. And a week later, a few days later, he had missed the Lord's appearance, and a few days later, uh, when the, he did reunite with them, they said, Thomas, we've seen the Lord, and he's alive. We saw him. And he says, I will not believe it unless I see his hands and the imprint in them, unless I see and put my finger where the nails with, were at, unless I can put my hand in his side, I won't believe it. Well, just a few days later, one week from the original appearance, he's back in the upper room. They are behind shut doors again. And all of a sudden, Jesus is in the room. You know the story. And he appears, he says, Shalom, peace I give to you. 
And then he said, Thomas. <laughs> I love this. He said, Thomas, come here, tomboy. I want to talk to you a minute. He said, why don't you put forth your finger and see my hands? Tom, put your hand here and see my side. Tom, don't be unbelieving, but be believing. Wow, isn't that beautiful? And he said, my Lord and my God, what a confession. You're my Lord and my God. And he said, blessed are you, Thomas, because you believed. Because you've seen me, have you believed? He said, let me tell you more blessed. Blessed are those who haven't seen and yet believe. Faith in Jesus dispels fear. Jesus has conquered it, but you must have your faith in him. Put your trust in him. What do you believe about Jesus this Easter? What do you believe about death? What do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe that death is defeated? That's where our hope's at. Secondly, what about enemies? What do you believe about them? Do you believe that Jesus has conquered our enemies and they're powerless? Yes. What do you believe about God's sovereignty? Do you believe that he's in control and holds us? Yes. What do you believe about abandonment? Do you believe he's with us always? He is. Listen, the antidote to fear is belief, trusting in Jesus Christ. Have you trusted him? Have you put your faith in him? Today, will you turn to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? All of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. There's none righteous. No, not one. And that's why we're all fearful. But Christ came and died for us. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because Christ died for your sins and mine, according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. Have you trusted him? This Easter could be glorious for you. And fear could be removed and shame and guilt. And you could begin a new life by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I know that I've sinned and gone the wrong way. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And I believe that he died for my sins. And I turn from my sin. I put my trust in him. And I believe that he rose again from the dead. And I want you to be the Lord and master of my life. Come into my life. Save me. God, I need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you prayed that prayer and you've trusted Christ alone as your Savior because it gives you the power now to live a life for the glory of God, not in fear, but by faith.